A study commissioned by the Trudeau government claims Canadians who are worried about liberty and values taught to kids are, quote, intolerant. Another violent incident takes place near a Toronto drug injection site. Many parents feel that their children are ill-prepared and lack the financial literacy to build a healthy financial future amid economic uncertainty. Hello Canada, it's Tuesday, July 25th. And this is True North's Daily Brief. I'm your host, Cosman Georgia. And I'm Andrew Lawton. We've got you covered with all the news you need to know. Let's discuss the top stories of the day and the True North exclusives you won't hear anywhere else. Canadians worried about the loss of liberty and the kind of values being passed on to kids today may be, quote, intolerant, according to a recent poll commissioned by the Liberal government. The attitudes, awareness, and behaviors surrounding 2S LGBTQI plus communities in Canada abacus data survey was prepared for Women and Gender Equality Canada and cost taxpayers $60,359. According to the poll, a majority of Canadians were worried about what kids were learning and held libertarian values such as being concerned about the state of freedom. The poll claims these attitudes, quote, could be associated with intolerance. The survey wrote, quote, There is a risk that people who hold these views will resist to federal government messaging around equity and respect for 2S LGBTQI plus communities. A total of 62% of Canadians said they were concerned about the values children are learning, and 61% held, quote, conspiratorial beliefs like the idea that information about the government of Canada is being hidden from the public. A vast majority of those polled, 78% believed that Canada was a good place to live for equity-seeking groups like the LGBTQ community. The same number of people also said that diversity was one of the country's best qualities. Additionally, 72% of Canadians were familiar with LGBTQ issues, and 76% expressed comfort when around members of the LGBTQ community. So this is a poll that was commissioned by the federal government that employed a private company, Abacus Data, to survey the beliefs of Canadians. But one of the most striking things about this poll when I read it was how much opinion was inserted into some of these questions and analysis. For example, they point to conspiratorial beliefs like the fact that the government is hiding certain things from Canadians. And we know that's true in certain cases. There's redaction of documents, certain things are classified. So, Andrew, my question to you would be, Where do you think these pollsters arrive to these conclusions, uh, such as libertarian values, like being concerned with freedom, being associated with intolerance? Well, I mean, generally speaking, I think libertarianism is associated with freedom. But when framed in this way, it's very reductivist that anyone who's concerned about freedom is inherently a libertarian when that may not be the way they identify. And I I think it is being done to to put a a veneer, maybe it's a bit more than a veneer, of judgment in place. Uh, The one that you raised a moment ago about, quote, conspiratorial beliefs, unquote, 
I find particularly insidious. So anyone who has a, a skepticism about government transparency is now in the eyes of the pollster a conspiracy theorist. Absolutely. And we've heard some, you know, comments from Justin Trudeau concerning parents who are worried about gender ideology in school. He said that they're subject to the influence of, of American right-wing figures. So do you, do you find echoes of some of that in this poll? I, I think so. I, I think that everyone tries to make their, I shouldn't say everyone, I think that the liberal government is trying to make its political critics part of some group that they can attribute sinister motives to. And, and what's more sinister than talking about foreign influence, which is all the rage right now. And I, I think that we're seeing this here, that people can't just disagree with the government, they must be under the thumb of, of some other power, be it conspiracy theorists or or American right-wingers or something like that. Toronto police say a man is facing non-life-threatening injuries after being stabbed in broad daylight near a drug injection site Monday. The stabbing took place at Young Dundas Square and Victoria Street following an altercation between three men. The site of the stabbing is near Toronto Public Health's drug injection site called The Works. Police say the two men involved in the altercation fled the scene. Monday's stabbing marks the latest violent incident to take place near a Toronto drug injection site this month alone. On July 7th, 44-year-old mother of two, Carolina Huber Makarat, was killed by a stray bullet from a fight breaking out next to a Leslieville drug injection site. Reports say she was caught in the crossfire while walking to get lunch. Uh, the, these stories are still outliers, but when you compound it with other stories we're hearing about people being assaulted in broad daylight, incidents on public transit, uh, there, there is a, a drug and homelessness crisis here that I, I don't think the powers that be are acknowledging the scale of, are they? No, and for so long, particularly with drug injection sites, advocates of this practice have said that no, they don't necessarily lead to more violence. They're not places of crime. But here we have a stabbing taking place. In other cases, these locations become hubs for drug dealing. They attract the kind of negative attention that critics have been warning about for so long. For sure, because they become points of congregation for the very people that are most prone to these behaviors. Now, you could certainly have a debate about whether it's causing more violence or whether it's just concentrating the violence and the crime in these areas. But if you're someone who's caught in the crossfire, as that woman earlier this month was, uh, that really doesn't matter. I mean, the whole point of these places is that they're put in populated areas so that they can be accessible to the people that need them. But it also means they're accessible to the people that want nothing to do with them. Right, absolutely. It's the community members that uh, are at the front lines of this and face uh, the most negative consequences. They have to live around this every single day. They have to drive their kids to daycare, to school. You know, I would be, I have kids, I would be worried about my children being outside if there was a drug injection site uh, near home, especially even if they're older, right? Because there's the potential for access being approached by somebody trying to sell drugs. So I think we need community members to really express what is going on, how it has impacted their lives. And we've seen with uh, policies like decriminalization, more pushback here in British Columbia, the Delta police uh, chief actually came out with an open letter recently saying this is simply not working. 
As Canadians experience financial pressure from interest rate hikes, soaring housing prices, and increases in the cost of living, nearly three out of five Canadian parents say they frequently worry about their child's financial future. A recent Maru public opinion poll commissioned by TD Bank found that many parents feel that their children are ill-prepared and lack the financial literacy to build a healthy financial future amid economic uncertainty. 58% of parents said that they frequently worry about their child's financial future, with only 35% of Canadians feeling confident that their child or children are prepared to avoid the same financial challenges that they had encountered when they were younger. Generally, parents are not confident in their child's financial literacy or their ability to provide their child the necessary financial literacy to succeed in Canada. By far, parents believe that budgeting and saving are the two most important financial fundamentals for their children to learn today, but only 29% of parents discuss finances with their child weekly, and 70% of parents don't feel very prepared to support their child's financial literacy at home. So education is a provincial jurisdiction, and I think financial education should be tackled both at the level of the home and at schools to some degree. When I went to school, elementary and high school, we didn't really have much of a financial literacy component to what we were learning. I think in high school, I took an accounting course or there was a finance course. But beyond that, there was no real sense of here's how to save money. Here's how to set a daily, weekly budget. Here's what investments are. So Andrew, how can we tackle this as a society when we have most parents worrying about their children being aware about financial literacy? Well, I think you're right that it has to exist on, on two fronts. I mean, we know that poverty and wealth in many cases can be cyclical. If you have parents that have money, there's a greater chance that you will. And if you have parents that uh, do not have money, there's a greater chance you won't. And a lot of that means that knowledge is not going to be shared equally across a, a generation. And I think that it would be useful if we had financial literacy in the education system. Now, I, I understand all the obvious objections about why we maybe no, don't want this government uh, to be giving anyone fiscal guidance, given its uh, record. But at the same time, I also think that we, as we were talking about earlier, have plenty of examples of schools teaching things they very much shouldn't. I would much rather a child going through the school system uh, knew how to balance their checking account more than knowing that there are, you know, 75,000 genders or whatever. One thing I want to strike on is we've seen the government, uh, well, both provincial and federal, relying on these one-time payments, but they're actually becoming more cyclical, right? We had the grocery rebate, we had an environmental rebate, now we have another worker's benefit going out. Do you think this is setting up people, you know, 18, 19, 20-year-olds, do you think this is setting them up for the future when they're relying on the government for these sums of money uh, and they're almost expecting it 
to come. Yeah, I think so. And I think that we're talking about, in general, a, a very strained and distorted relationship with money that the population has. And again, I, I certainly don't think the government is uh, a body that we should be taking our marching orders from or taking our cues from here. But at the same time, certainly when we're looking at this, we see household consumer debt rising. Uh, something has to change. And I think you have to get that baseline of knowledge in it at some point. That's it for today, and don't forget to check in at www.tnc.news throughout the day for all the news you need to know. And if you're able, please consider supporting independent media at donate.tnc.news. Thanks for listening, and have a great day.